Hello and welcome to Geeks Can't, the podcast that is serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is John Christian, the Dwarven DM, and the host joining me this evening is the master to my blaster, I don't know, the uh, Starsky to my hutch, uh, <laughs> the Linus to my Charlie Brown, I don't know, uh, Troy Sandlin, say hello Troy. Who run geek can't? <laughs> uh, tradition. I love the awkwardness of my openings. Yes, uh, at least I didn't fumble over too too much there. So. True. <laughs> Dirt. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, boy. Uh, well, hey, Troy. That sounds going? It's going pretty good. How are we doing today We're on this uh, special Sunday afternoon edition? Yeah, man, I'm I'm looking forward to it. So uh, the the going conversation was old Zach was going to be unavailable this week. We still wanted to get there's some really really good stuff in the crowdfunding corner that we wanted to make sure that folks were aware of. So uh, we're going to do a twofer today on Sunday. Um, Actually, it's going it could turn into a threefer. Threefer, yeah, that's true. So uh, buckle up, uh, Troy. You're going to have a lot of editing to do, apparently. <laughs> Don't, 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 don't kill a lot. I was about to say, don't say it. Don't say it out loud. Uh, yeah, so we're uh, we got some we got some good stuff out here. Uh, we've got some some honorable mentions, and I got one in particular that I'm super super excited about. But I think we're gonna we're gonna we're save both that the, about it. The trailer, yes, very. Uh, Troy, do you have any news that you wanted to try to cover today? I don't really not, have much. Not anything I want to give uh, time to actually. So. Mm, oh yeah yeah good call i'm picking up what you're putting down yeah and then we'll just leave that open-ended subtext for everybody else to figure yeah. out there at home yeah there's a uh, there's more than enough stuff going around in, in the geekosphere that uh yeah kind of speaks for itself so we're gonna leave yeah, it other other shows better than us we'll probably j- dive into those and give you all of that uh smarmy goodness all the all the hullabaloo all the uh, i don't have anything else so i say that if you're good with it then we can just go ahead and dive right in and get to the good stuff yeah i say we do it all right brother all right well let's see here so the first thing on our list uh i guess it's me we're gonna it's do you. we're gonna do a rapid fire mentions first and uh, let's go move this over yep all right so cool for me oh man seven dwarves uh legendary forest so this is um, they had seven dwarves. This is a board game that is dwarf centric, cartoony, kind of like a resource management uh, game. They did a seven dwarves fall, seven dwarves winter, and then they had uh, seven dwarves spring. I believe Legendary Forest is a an expansion to that. If I'm if I'm reading it correctly, uh, I've really really enjoyed the other one. So this is I've. I've backed, I think all of them except for spring. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to do some, some backtracking on okay, this. You got to do some digging. Yep. It is for 13 and up two to four players. It's only 25 minutes per player. So you're looking at a total of possibly a little over an hour of game time. It is a worker placement engine building game. That's what, how, what they tout it as. Uh, you've survived the winter and you have succeeded defending your king- kingdom. It is time to expand your em- empire by exploring the world and building set- settlements. So, so Seven Dwarves Fall is preparation for winter. And it is gathering all your resources and fending off all the bad guys. And each uh, each dwarf 
each player represents like a dwarven thane or king that's gathering resources for themselves and they're trying to, to get as much as they can. Winter is a, the next uh, game and it's actually defending your your holdings and your resources and trying to survive until spring. Obviously here when we've, we've survived the winter and now it's time to go back out, fight some monsters and uh, enlist some mighty heroes to help you empower your ranks and defeating those monsters. I mean, I just, well, first of all, it's, it's sad. I mean, like they, they know me at least as a, uh, as a, as a purchaser. So it's got dwarves in the title. So I'm probably going to, and I've, in all honesty, I've really enjoyed these as resource games. So uh, this was a no brainer for me. Not much, not much more to it than that. If you like resource management uh, games, board games, and you like dwarves, you like a, like a kind of a cartoony, silly, fun uh, kind of a motif, then I think you're probably going to end up enjoying this. It's from the folks at Vesuvius media. Uh, they've been doing this. They've actually got like 17, I think uh, other or 16 other um uh, crowdfunding efforts that they've uh, they've been able to do successfully. So they are currently 16 days left, and they have uh, quintupled their pledge goal of ten thousand dollars. They're currently sitting at fifty thousand and some change. That's mine. I dig the minis. I, I they're really cute. I mean, yep. it, it's uh, kind of like, almost like a uh, a pseudo chibi style. Yeah, yeah. There you uh, go. That's good. I dig it. I mean, it's it's fun. It's gr- it would be great to help get kids into into mm-hmm. the game. Yeah, I got the hex based tile system too. I really like that too. It's kind of like a got an old school flair to don't the, touch the your hexes. Don't touch yeah, it. Don't, don't, don't touch it. <laughs> All right, Troy, what do you got for us? We've got uh this one doesn't need any help. Uh, Dungeon Delver's Guide, uh, a source book for D&D 5e in advanced 5e level up from uh, Ian Publishing. Mm-hmm. Um and it's the same kind of stuff that you always get from Ian Publishing. It's solid. You've got character options, gear, spells, mounts, six new heritages with stuff like rattlings and doppelgangers, and, and of course, four others that you can see. Uh, ten new cultures, uh, four new backgrounds, 13 new archetypes um, for the subclasses for each subclass. Or for subclasses for each arch- archetype, sorry. Uh, traps, tricks, puzzles, how-to guides to build your own dungeons, plus pre-made dungeons, and you get a guide to the Underland, which is basically, for all intents and purposes, Ian's version of the Underdark. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. Ian is, is putting out some great stuff. Morris and and, and, the, and his crew putting out good stuff. The advanced five E is an, a really interesting take on on what's going on in in the gamosphere. The art is solid. Uh, yeah, I mean, what more can you say about it? I mean, they're 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 kicking butt. They're already at one hundred and two thousand dollars. They got twenty nine days to go. So, if you're into uh, the level up stuff, check it out. Um, and even if you're not, still check it out. You can you can drop this stuff right into your five E game seamlessly. So yeah, yeah this is the and it's it is essentially like a it's advanced five E, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so a little little more a little more crunch, a little bit it's like a, a pretty big twist actually on the five E engine. From what it looks like to me. Uh, we've talked yes. about this before, so this is uh, the, the the revisit. I think was 
was going to be obvious whenever it came up. It's very, very interesting to see that they were successful enough to continue to move forward with it. So there, I think there's obviously an audience out there for it. And this is effectively the, the dungeon master's guide to their player's guide. They first, they first pumped out, right? Well, this is, this is an extension of that. Oh, okay. This is focused on dungeons and delving and into that stuff. And it's, like I said, it's their, their opening to, uh, uh, their underdark and things like that. So, gotcha. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, all right. So for me, we're going to pedal away briefly from tabletop RPGs and paper stuff and going, we're going to go from analog to digital. We're going to talk about the world of Antera. So this is like Skyrim, but with pixel art and it's old school 16 bit vibe uh, influenced by the classic modern games. It is uh, an open world playing system, man, this thing looks so cool. So the world itself is really interesting. Um, it's inspired by those old classic games on the SNES, Sega Genesis, Sega CD was was like that quite a bit too. And you're kind of seeing this resurgence. We've talked about it before of pixel based art in RPGs and in uh, in video games. And this really leans into it quite a bit. So uh, it is like a it looks top. It's a top down Legend of Zelda slash uh, God. What's a really good Secret of Mana? Is kind of what it looks like, uh, like a secret matter. But the the it's less cartoony in its um, uh, or less anime in its delivery of the art. Uh, the they're more the the features of the creatures and monsters and players look more real world in proportion uh, than the kind of like the block style that you, you'd see with like an Octopath Traveler or something like that. But it's kind of got the same vibe to it. And it's, I mean, I just, I really, really dig it. I love the art style. I love a lot of the, the animations are really good. Um, I just love these kinds of games. Concept art is fantastic. Really love it too. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, if nothing else, like the giant, the, like the, uh, the, the planet on the horizon with a giant eyeball Mm -hmm. blinking at you is just horrifying. I love it. That doesn't have like a horrifying vibe to it. For the game, it's still it's still pretty um, pretty uh, satur- like color saturated and uh, and pretty friendly looking, but uh, I dig it. It's a, it's it's my jam. It's a, it it scratches that old school uh, itch, but with a modern sensibility. So take a look at it if you. Uh, it's going to be available on Steam and and other platforms everywhere pretty soon. They've they hit their funding goal of ninety nine thousand and some change a couple of days ago. They're currently sitting at. Uh, one hundred and forty thousand with eighteen days to go. Nice. I love the the uh, the art for the uh, the great forest. Those huge trees coming oh, yeah. up. Those yeah, are, that's really cool. Yeah, I would like I to see that. this converted into an RPG. Yes, Tabletop. I was thinking the same thing too. Like I love, I just love concept art, and I love this oh, yeah. concept art. There's so much you can do with it. Uh, I'd be I'd be happy to have a book just of concept art of just the weirdest crap. For, for fantasy RPGs and, and things like it that's a concept artists have come up with just as a story and a world seed idea. Yeah. Nothing else. It's great. All right. Passing off to you, Troy. What you got? All right. I've got Treasures from the K. Um, Windmill Slam Games. And this is another one of my you know favorite types of things. It's a dollar for the PDF. $7 for the soft cover. And then here's a big jump, $49 for the hardcover. Mm. But, but 
that gives you, gives you uh, artwork, uh, personalized, like a unique artwork that they give you oh, in, with, with the hardcover. So it's like you get a piece of, of art for stuff. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a pocket guide. It's basically a pocket guide to, uh, with a bunch of tables and charts to roll up shops and items and treasures and, and magic items and kind of like to spark your imagination for things. So it's a lot of, like I said, it's a lot of tables and charts and you can just create a marketplace from this book um, just with a few dice rolls with unique shops and, and, and curators and things like that. So, I mean, and like, like I said, it's only a buck for the PDF, seven dollars for the the soft cover. Um, what uh, what couldn't you do with this? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I look. Let me let me let me jump in here with you for a second because it it got me at Treasures from the Quay, the Ultimate Handbook for Treasures, and if like every potion that you find is all po- all healing potions are red in my head. You yeah. Know? Uh, but. Like the the players would be like, well, what color is it? What does it taste like? What does it smell like? What does it look like? Kind of thing, right? But with this, it's pretty cool because they give you just like a really simple table. It's a like a ten sided die, and you roll to see what color it is, consistency, and oddity for yep. the for, for it. So if you want to add something like fizzy, odorless, flashes, undulating colors, part of an animal suspended in, in liquid. So if it's tequila, it's got to be a worm, right? Yeah. Uh, consistencies like goopy, chunky, syrupy, thick, watery pudding. Hip I think I love that. <laughs> pudding. Could you, like. <laughs> could you imagine? It's like here's a healing potion. It's pudding. Just, it has a skin on the top of it too, right? That's yeah. when you peel oh. that off first, and that's the thing that you eat. You eat the skin first. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like and I like things that help me flavor the world. Yeah, no pun just intended. Not, yeah, no. Yeah, thank you. No fun. No pun intended. Uh, yeah, I really like that. This yeah, is, this I, is a, I an easy, it. easy pick. Easy. I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's a buck. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I love it. All right. Next up rapid fire. When the witch is away, a whimsical system, neutral witch's house. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's September. We're getting so close to one of my favorite times of year. Baby. I love fall, but I love Halloween. Most of all. And so it's a uh, enormous inside containing dozens of areas, NPCs and items. The whole thing is about, uh, it's just a setting that's, that is got, it's like the inspired by uh, classic movies like Shrek labyrinth, uh, dark crystal and things like that. So got me there. They even say the old point and click adventures, like King, the King's quest series, which throwback, um, it's not just a, a fun setting though with role-playing adventures. It's supposed to be a good read. And so if you're wanting to support it, you're looking at uh, 20 bucks for the PDF, which is that could, that, that's going to be an interesting, an interesting, a, a bit for some folks, uh, the PDF and the soft cover copy though, uh, at cost from drive through RPG. So it's something you want to keep in mind there. This is not something they're printing and shipping out. You take a code, and then you have the have uh, drive through RPG pick uh, print it is for twenty five bucks. Um, I, I like the idea of flavorizing things like this. And whenever I'm in a pinch, I don't want to have to think too too much about certain things. I've got a thousand things going on, but if I want to put a witch's house in, then this is the uh, this is what I'm looking for. 
I tell you what, one of the things that that got me with this though is not just necessarily what they're trying to sell, but the way that they sold it. And that's one of the things I want to just stick on just for a second. Man, AI art is everywhere. And if you look in this, there are several images that they've generated that is AI generated artwork. And I've seen that more and more progressively in uh, uh, throughout a lot of these Kickstarters where they're using AI generated art more and more. So uh, if you like witches, you want a, a nice little witch, witch cottage or something like that. Um, I think the rough estimate is 200 to 300 pages, which is crazy to me how many there are. Uh, the house is very large inside, they say. So um, they want the, go- the book to be gorgeous. I have a feeling it's going to be full of AI-generated art. So if that's your jam, that's a, this could be uh, this could be even more for you. So I, I mean, Sir Maximilian Fluffington, <laughs> right? You saw that too. Uh, the, the cat third uh, <laughs> is cool and disturbing. All at the that, same time. That, my friend, is a bad trip right there. That's that, what that is. That's going to that's going to haunt your nightmares uh, forever. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Just an honorable mention. I thought it was pretty cool, and the way they were they were doing it was uh, was interesting. Not a huge fan of drive through RPG fulfillment these days, and that's not necessarily entirely their fault. Uh, I right. think it's just kind of the nature of things. Right. But yeah, there you go. All right, Troy. All right. Last but not least, which last, last rapid the, fire. Last rapid fire. A selection of slimes, oozes, oh. and, and odd oozes for RPGs um, yeah. by Philip Reed of Steve Jackson Games. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't, this, isn't this the guy that did the mimics? Yep. This is the guy that yes. did the mimics. Oh, man. I've got that. Zach got that for me, and I love it. Now, I, it is what it is. It's a selection of slimes and oozes, right? Mm-hmm. You've got contentious. Druid touched, Hellspawn, Humdrum, Icky, Merchant's Ooze, Necromancer Slime, Smarty Slime, Treasure Hungry Slime, Vine Slime, Water Slime. What is a Smarty Slime? Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. I don't want a slime that thinks. I, 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 that sounds absolutely horrifying to me. Yes, but I mean, how much fun is this idea? It's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. you get a PDF for a dollar. Print yep. on demand is four bucks. Yep. And, you know, I like the, I really like the presentation. I liked the presentation from the, the mimic stuff already. So that was a, that was an easy sell, but I, this looks, they're in the same universe. You know what I mean? When it comes to the yeah. design philosophy of how it's laid out and everything, except this time it's a booklet instead of the fold out map type thing. Or map type uh, setup. One of the things I also find interesting about this: there are no stretch goals, none. It is what it is. It is what it is, exactly. And if you want it, great. If you don't, go find somebody else to purchase something from. They're doing pretty well here. They got like uh, I think they had a twelve uh, one hundred one thousand two hundred fifty dollar goal, and they're sitting at almost just shy of five thousand right now with ten days to go. So cool stuff. Cool stuff. Right on. Good call. I like that one. That's a that's an easy pickup for me. Four bucks for a print on demand. I like it. Eight bucks for the print. I mean, yep. So yeah, you're good to go. Yeah, easy peasy. All right. Well, that leads us into the uh, the our main topic of discussion, or the like the the big 
the the big uh, crowdfunding efforts that we're, we're really wanting to take a deep dive into. Oh, Troy, the first one is yours. Uh, I as soon as I saw this, I intentionally avoided it because uh, I knew you were going to pick this one up. Yep, yep, yep. Talk, tell us about it. Blazing Worlds, Black God's Kiss. Um, this is based on the work, works of C.L. Moore. Um, she is one of the. She's an undersung hero of of uh, sword and sorcery and and cosmic horror stuff. Mm. As, as an author, um, she was, uh, her name was left out of the original appendix N. Um, but then it was really? put back in. Yeah. It was put back in, uh, later on as one of uh, the inspirations for the, for D and D. Um, this is a five E and an OSE compatible, um, adventure and also a standalone micro game. Um, and you're dealing with the loss of your own humanity and what that does to your characters in your psyche mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, dealing with eldritch cosmic horrors, um, all searching for this powerful weapon called the Black God's Kiss. Um, the thing that I think it's called the thing that hunches or the thing that squats or something like that um, <laughs> is the Black God that. Yeah, you have to you have to kiss this thing in order to earn. So, you know, it's you're exploring forbidden ruins, uh, encountering wretched creatures, uh, all in search of this uh, weapon of dreadful power. Um, and all the while, it's digging into your internal psyche and your own humanity. Uh, and this is based on C.L. Moore's character. Uh, I believe it's Jirel, Jirel of Jory. Mm-hmm. And she is the uh, first sword and sorcery female protagonist. That, And she was not a uh, chainmail bikini clad mm-hmm. warrior. She was actually uh, like a warrior knight. Uh, full-blown armor and all that kind of stuff. So it has a very uh, old-school feel to it i i dig it i like the idea of it yeah the squatting thing is the uh who squats squats. (laughs) nothing good comes from squatting that's what yeah don't skip leg day um (laughs) but like the digital set is 29 dollars, but you get Mm -hmm. the black god's kiss uh, rpg source book the uh, the original short story uh, Black God Shadow Adventure, the Black God Shadow original story, the Escape from the Keep Adventure, Black God's Gambit micro game, a gameplay map, and uh, punchboard pawns. You know the, you can print out the core set in in uh, in physical is fifty nine dollars. Mm-hmm. So you know you're it looks like you get a lot of stuff for a reasonable price, you know, $89 for the deluxe. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a lot of content. And I think um, the, the difference between the two, between the, it, I think it's a combative, right? It's a com- combination of mm-hmm. the digital and the, the physical and maybe a yes. little like custom black gods dice is bundled yes. in there. Yeah. And like the, the final one, the, the black gods bundle, you get a t-shirt and an additional like the poster, the GM like. screen, the poster. Mm hmm. A core set and a deluxe set, so you get Man, both. This art is 
good. It is killer. Like this to me, like color art will grab your attention, but man, good black and white art, good line art like this is just gorgeous. Absolutely. The art, yeah. The artist is uh Saprofiel. Um, she does uh, ink and graphite illustrations um, mm-hmm. somewhere deep in the Arizona desert. Keep so, doing what you're doing. Yeah. That is awesome. I love that. You know, this is one of those things because we just got done talking about digital art. Mm-hmm. And some of some of her creatures look like they came yeah. from, you know, one of those digital art programs. That's how cool and weird and talented this artist is. I mean, it's just... It's a, a very unreal slash surreal mm-hmm. feeling to it. I, I totally, totally, totally dig this. I think this is a winner. This is an easy one to pick, man. Like I know that it's it's a the price point for some folks is going to be out of there. Because anytime that you have a price point that's like this or a box set that's like this, it um it's kind of a, it's an it's a, a an educated gamble. You know, there's a certain level of educated risk to it. It looks really, really good, but you're kind of investing quite a bit into it under the auspice of it being that good. You know, I mean, there's just so much in here and I think they've done a really great job with presenting what is available and what is in it. I like uh, they've go into some pretty good summaries of what each product is there for page count. Um, There's just a lot that's in here. There's a lot. And there's the that's the reason why you're going to end up seeing a, a price point that's like that. Man, I love. Is this the oh, the Black God miniature? Yeah, that the, miniature looks sick. Oh, it's so cool. It's the thing that squats. Yeah. I mean, well, and I, it's crazy. Like its legs and feet are the bodies like on hand. That's like people on their hands walking with their hands. It's tripedal though. That is crazy looking. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's, yeah. it's gross. That's it's awesome. Gross. I love it. Uh, yeah, that's uh, good. That's a good find. Again, I knew. <laughs> and it's uh, 5E and OSC. Right? Yeah, 5E and OSC. Right? And its own micro game. So. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think something else to in you you touched on it. But I, I, one of the things that's neat and I really want to see is there are cust- the custom rules specifically for loss of humanity. Yes. The rules that go with that. Not just like a discussion of or like that's an element in the game, right? There's mecha- There are additional mechanics for that and for enduring cosmic horrors yes. in Eldritch Pocket Dimension. And that's and that's what has me intrigued the most. Um, I love seeing new rule sets and stuff hmm. for 5e um, it, because it harkens back to what 5e was originally touted as being. That was very a very modular system where mm-hmm. you could have these new and unique ideas. And if your gaming group enjoys that, you just take that module, and plug it into yeah. your Mr. Potato Head of a game. And through whatever reasons, it almost kind of feels like that 5e lost sight of that somewhere down the road. But I, I, I also think with maybe the next, you know, with what's coming with 1D&D, I think we might get back into that hopefully that modularity and then until then until we see whether or not that happens that's why i love these kinds of third party projects because it's a new and unique way of looking at the 5e rule set that does something that you don't have in the basic or in the actual official 
rules. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like it. That's cool. Good. Like, like again, I'm glad that you and I are po- totally in sync on that. I really I dig that. All right, let's uh, let's dip into the next one here, shall we? Let's dip. Let's dip. Lying Pirates: The Race to the Pirate Throne is a board game uh, themed on obviously pirates. Right? It's two to six players, and it's about ten to fifteen minutes per player. Is what is how what they're touting. You fire up your sixth gun, prepare to storm the shores of Skull Island. Hopefully Kong is not there. Uh, it is a tactical adventure game, uh, and you'll need so a lot of cunning in order to get through it here. The It is, uh, kind of, I'm kind of breezing through here just so people can actually see it. It's pretty cool. So it's there's a lot of, this is one of those I think you could probably take and somehow incorporate into a, a pirate-themed or swashbuckling-themed uh, game of yours. Well, there, there's a lot of uh, like physical elements to this thing that kind of add to the to the feel of it, right? Uh, the gameplay is th- there's like a, a a map, and then you have a set of cards that kind of go around it with uh, with different. Uh, and it's card based, right? So it's a little bit of uh, a board game slash a card game, and it plays out as far as I can tell. Uh, well, there's like a betting phase where you fool your opponent into making the wrong decision. So the whole thing is about deception and trickery between the, between yourself and the players. Each player conceals their dice and make bets on specific value. Uh, Betting continues until someone calls out the opponent as a liar. So this is actually, I think there was like a pirates of the Caribbean game. That was a lot like this, like pirate dice. This is, I think what they called it. So this is kind of a, like an expansion on that idea uh, where you not only is there the betting phase, but then once the bets are done and there's the gambling component, then it's you set sail, and that's where the board game kind of comes in. And each one of your characters are represented by uh, a sailing vessel, and uh, the survivors from the betting phase uh, are the ones that are actually uh, incorporated into this. We'll sail one to two steps forward on the map, uh, custom made battle dice, and then the winner gets to experience the event, uh, but some events are good, some are bad, and then once all that th- the that's done, the, they're like golden cards that you uh, that you collect as a result of of the event phase, and they can be used for additional outcomes in other phases. So then the third phase, I think the section, the final one, is the action phase, and so then you get to fire your cannons at one another, and then uh, and uh, uh, use your cards to attack one another and to snag any of their supplies or use your supplies as necessary. Also, um, after that phase is complete, a new round starts with, with everybody all together. You rinse and repeat. So there's like you got this. Uh, you know, they're pirates. You know, you're yeah. you don't. You know, that's. Uh, I think all of the elements are here for a good piratey game. You know, you got like the things that pirates are notorious for doing, at least in the in the movies, right, right. are, uh, are in here, the gambling and carousing, fighting, uh, double crossing one another, maybe even creating some across the table alliances to be, uh, to be thrown away on a whim. I took a look at the, uh, the, the rule book. It is available as a part of the Kickstarter preview. Uh, it's pretty cool. It looks good. Uh, again, so you got the mag, the one cool thing too, is like this game board is magnetic, which, Oh my God, oh. I wish more of them were, um, and then you can have additional extensions. There's like a deluxe version of the game that you can get that uh, actually expands the game to where you can play bigger, longer games with 
with more players. And then again, the tiles that go around the map are also magnetic, making it easier to that's really cool to set up. Pretty cool. Like I again, I I want to see that in more games because tile based games in particular, where you're building out a map, suck. Whenever you like, if anybody bumps the table or sh- like put a tile down and it shifts a little bit, and I'm so OCD with my games that I always have to fiddle with it in the yeah. in the middle of it. So, I mean, ultimately, if you like the pirate themes and vibes and stuff like that, I think this is the kind of game for you. Uh, this is to me one that I could play with uh, my friends in between, you know, tabletop RPG games. You're looking at the base game. It is you're gonna. That's another kind of a specific investment here that you're you're looking at. I believe the base game, the race for the pirate throne, and access to the pledge manager to act, to buy the add-ons is sixty four bucks for the game. Hmm. Most board games are going to end up costing you between forty and fifty five, depending. So this one's a little bit on the higher range of that. Uh, if you want the deluxe edition, you're going to have to cough up ninety bucks to do that. That doesn't even incorporate in, uh, include like shipping and handling and stuff like that to go along with it too. So. Um, it's cool and I, and I like it, but again, like with, with a lot of these, these days, you kind of have to pick and choose based on your budget. And, uh, well, but there again, if you're talking, like you're talking about the thing that you liked about it, you know, the magnetic board and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you, that's not something that you can just fold into a normal price of a board game. Totally. Yep. You know, it so. is a, you are paying a premium for a, pe- a more pr- a premiumized product, at least in certain elements or different right. premium. Right. Uh, by the way, shipping is twenty bucks USA for the basic game, and then twenty three for the deluxe edition. I mean, I like it. Well, I'm, I'm going to pick it up just because I like um, I dig pirate themed stuff anyway, and I've oh, yeah. been I've kind of gone on a, a board game hiatus. I think so. I need to pick up a couple of extra ones, like two or three. So I've, right I've been uh, I've been keeping my eyes open. All right, that's what I got. Line Pirates. You got anything else on that one before we move on, Troy? No, it looks pretty cool, though. Right on. Definitely. All right. Hit me. What, what you got next? All right. I've got Tome of Quests, Volume 1, from uh, Paysitter Games. And, uh, John, you went to the wrong... Uh... Yep, I got you. I'm, I'm in the <laughs> Jump in the gun. I, accidentally, I killed, the long, killed the wrong one by accident. Yeah, right, it's that's funny. Uh, this book is basically exactly what it says it is. It's five adventures that you can put into your campaign. Um, the add-ons include a map book, STL files of the uh, the boss monsters, several new monsters and new items uh, for each adventure. And I, I don't know. There's something about this I dig. Um, you know, there's a lot of books out there that provide filler, filler quests and things like that, or... Um, you know, not everybody can show up for today, so you're gonna do like a little side quest kind of thing. This is that, but more. It's mm-hmm. it's not just an evening's worth of of stuff in some in most cases. Uh, it's if 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 your group if you need some extra time before they go on that next leg of your mm-hmm. world saving campaign. And they're in the right uh, level range. You could do the lost caravan. You know, fifty years ago, a, a treasure-laden caravan was you know, accompanied by a princess. They disappeared. Suddenly, a clue has popped up, and you're you're off and 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 looking for this lost caravan. 
and there are some there, there's wilderness parts to it there's a dungeon crawl part to it so this is something that you could seed into your larger campaign and have it in a backstory somewhere that you know this princess and her entourage were lost 50 years ago and then out of the blue drop this clue into a into a treasure hoard somewhere mm-hmm. yeah i like and, that and now it's like you you put the conundrum to your players well you're supposed to go you know put the giant ordning back together but there's been this mystery all these years that you might be able to solve um, the thing in the valley is uh, this like wraith warrior king that's you know doing some bad stuff. Again, if you're in the right level range, you go off and, and take care of that. It, it's it's not just a side adventure; it is a side campaign. And I kind of feel like you could almost build out a whole campaign with these adventures. And you know, full disclosure. I am a fan of the old school way of how adventures were. Mm. And that was, you know, they only, you know, only expand for a few levels. And depending on what your DM purchased and created and ran for you, that was your adventuring story. And, you would go from this module that gets you from first to third level, this module that gets you from third to fourth, this module that, and they're all different and they're taking you to all different parts of the world, experiencing different things, as opposed to the way it is today where you buy this 200, 300 page book and it is from start to finish one campaign takes mm-hmm. you from first level all the way to 15 or 20, whatever it might be. And that in and of itself, I don't care what they say about the book. You know, oh, it's a sandbox adventure. No, it's not. It's still in that book. If it's if it's between those two pages or those two covers, there is a there is a a pseudo railroad in there somewhere. You've got to do certain things to get from page one all the way to page 300 to complete that adventure. And so with books like this, with with Tome of Quests, it now leaves it up to the players and their characters' choices as to where their paths lead. Because you could play one of these adventures that leads into a whole completely different campaign that's not even in this book, could be in a different book. Mm Mm-hmm. And now the players and their characters are the ones that are actually in charge of their de- in charge of their story, in charge of their destiny, and not the latest super adventure from wizards or somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I like, like I'm a yeah. fan of the of the the I the concept of tome of quests. I like mm-hmm. even if it's not it's a lot of it's it's also like a, a book of adventure seeds. Yes. Right. That I can that I can I can cobble together to make a big campaign if I want to, or uh, like you said, if you're uh, you're in a pinch and half of your gaming group is not available for a game night, that happens to me pretty frequently, right? So I got like so what I've, I think I've told the the, the group before or you guys before that with my Friday game, if my players are not all able to make it, if there are two or more out, 
then what I'll do is we'll do a side quest with their with their B player or B, B characters. Okay. Same world, same story, but it's this parallel path that's going on, and the stuff that they do in that side path with these little little bite sized quests will affect and uh, benefit their their main characters. So okay. I love even if it, if it, if it was just a, a book a book of um, just story ideas. They, I think these are all quite a bit more fleshed out, obviously, but mm-hmm. uh, I love that. That's real, that helps me out quite a bit. And I think that a lot of, of, of GMs and DMs that are that suffer from the same uh, scheduling conflicts that all of us do. This is uh, this is good stuff, and I agree. the The old school modules uh, were just they were awesome. You, you could just go the the story could keep going, and you kind of twist it. Yep, and just the shape it needs to be in order to lead into the the next module. I loved that. Yeah, I mean the way they have it now is it's good too. It it takes some of the work out of campaign construction for the DM, mm-hmm. um, which can be good depending on your needs. You know, mm-hmm. however you want to play it, it's your game, man. You do what you yeah. want to do. But yeah. I think there's something to be said for smaller, smaller, more impactful story arcs that are not necessarily connected that the players yeah. actually end up connecting. So it doesn't ha- always have to be a saga, a saga or an Epic, right? You know, I mean, smaller localized and just like a, like a TV series instead of, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings or even, have to be this giant thing, right? Or like Conan, you know, everybody talks about how Conan is one of the, you know, the, the, uh, icons of fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't have, an epic tale to be told. He didn't have a destiny that he, that he filled out, you know, that, that he was trying to, to, other than the one that he created for himself, becoming the, the usurper King of Aquilonia. Mm-hmm. But all of his adventures up to that point were, were not connected. He was, he was led by the winds all over Hy- the Hyborian age kind of thing. And he created his own epic tale. Mm-hmm. And you don't get that with today's super modules because that is the epic tale. So this, this is something that you could use to, uh, to go back to that, you know, pseudo disjointed story arcs that come together to, to create the group's epic tale. Yep. Yep. And that's right. Gert. Nobody's got time for that. You know, but nobody got time for that. Agreed. All right. That's awesome. Yeah, Tomo Quests by uh, who was it again? That's uh, that's doing this. Pace, uh, P- Pace, Pace Setter Games. Games. Yeah, right on. All right, sweet. All right, well let's uh, let's grab the next one here. We got uh, Roltmork Duality for D and D Five E. All right, so it is a Five E adventure, level five through seven, hardcover. Which that first of all is interesting to me that only levels five through seven are covered as a part of a, a hardcover. Uh, bring life back to the land is the is the tagline here. So level the four to six players that's pretty typical. Levels five to six deep in the uh, Vavonian mountains stands a monolithic spire of stone peppered with ancient ruins and mostly forgotten. It contains a, a temple complex rich in history and steeped in the mysteries of the past, untouched for millennia, etc., etc. So this is. This this goes more into the I'm not I'm like on the fence about about uh, picking this one up just because it's super super interesting but 
I don't know. It's $45 for the hardcover. It only covers levels five through seven, which is interesting to me, right? Uh, this one comes from Jonathan G. Nelson, who is a Rise of the Drow Collector's Edition. Yeah, it's so Adventure, actually, Adventure Week. Yeah. Yes, yep, yep. Uh, let's see here. Play styles are ruin exploration, investigation, and dungeon delving. Uh, explore ancient ruins, marvel at murals. I mean, you know, this is a, it looks good. There's a good presentation to it. Uh, there's a, a PDF preview that I just really, really quickly skimmed through. Uh, but there are tons and uh, tons of handouts. If you really want to go whole hog with this thing, there's pawns and dice tokens, handouts. There's like a box, collector's box that it all comes into. There's even a limited edition print and all that kind of good thing. This one, though, I'm trying to figure out. Troy, you may have to help me out a little bit here. This one, I, I wonder if other folks are having the same hard time that I am with it. Because it's been, they've been going at this for a couple of days now, and they're only really sitting at 28000 and some change of their $50,000 goal. Yeah. So I don't know that it's, they may end up having to pull the plug on this here pretty, pretty soon because I'm not sure that it's really going to fire. And I'm still trying to figure out exactly what it is about this thing that just doesn't get me super excited. The box set is 130 bucks. That is quite the, uh, quite the investment. The limited edition is 80. And like I said, the hardcover is $44. I just feel like with this, it, the presentation is, is good and it looks neat. And I'd like to know more about it based on what I saw, but it just doesn't seem for the, the price tag. I'm not, I'm not super, I'm not sold. What do you think, Troy? I mean, you and I were kind of talking about this a little bit before the show. I mean, I think, I think you've already said the reason why. You're you're talking you're you're wanting people to fork out what what how much did you say the box set was a hundred and forty five or the hundred and a hundred and thirty dollars for the box set yeah hundred and thirty dollars for two levels of play yeah and this this is going back to do I I love the idea of having the two levels of play or the three levels of play whatever however you want to look at it mm-hmm. um for this kind of an adventure you know it's it's a grand adventure. It, it has an impact to the world, but it's not first to 15. Mm-hmm. But you want somebody to pay $130 for just a couple levels of gameplay. That to me, that's where the swing comes in. That's where the, that's where the head scratch comes in. You've got all of this content in this box, all of these handouts, uh, standees, um, dice, two different sets of dice. Um, mm-hmm. And I also kind of wonder, well, are are the dice special because they do something special, or are they special mm-hmm. because they represent the duality? I think it's because they represent the duality. So then it comes into question, well, do I want to pay that extra money just to have two new sets of dice that they're only special because they look cool? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I did I did a quick uh, quick the control F. And I did find that the page count is 128 pages. 45 bucks for 128 pages. Now, look, that's not, I mean, it's, it's tough to, to manage your costs and stuff like this. I don't think anybody's doing it as a result of, you know, uh, I don't think they're trying to fleece anybody at all, but it's just tough to get past that price tag. And how do you, 128 pages for fifth, five, six, and seven to get you through six or seven, like three, maybe four at the most levels. 
I'd, I'd like to see more. I looked, like I said, I looked at the, 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 the demo or like the, the preview that they gave, gave us. And there's still, even in that, there's just not enough to go off to, to justify the expense. It looks pretty good, but yeah. nothing that really blows yeah. my socks off. Now, if you want to, if you want to give, <laughs> if you want me to spend $130 for a box set, which I, you know, I like all the stuff in the box set. I like how this thing looks. I like the, the backstory of it, you know, where you're going into this, this temple or this, this, ruin that hasn't had anybody in it for the past thousand years or whatever it is. I mean, it's, it's kind of a cool thing. And rise of the drought is a, is a awesome product, Mm -hmm. but you're talking about levels five, six, and seven. You're, you're coming into it at level five. You go from level five to level six. There's one level, level six to level seven. There's an extra level. Now. Yeah. You can swing that. You can take it down to, fourth and probably up to eighth or ninth whatever it might be mm-hmm. but that's extra work for a dm to do that if you're giving me this much stuff i don't the more stuff you're giving me and the more i'm paying for something the less work i want to have to do mm-hmm. if i want to do something extra that's on me as a dm but if i have to do something extra as a dm suddenly your value is decreased mm-hmm. And that, that's what this is for me. I think it's a really cool idea. I'm not paying $130 for a box set for two levels. Yeah. Um, I think we're, we're probably going to see – this is going to obviously get revisited. I, I, I almost hope – I never hope for an un, unsuccessful Kickstarter or crowdfunding, right? But I think that there's probably a lot of love that's that's put into this thing and a lot of passion. And they're they, – you know – they wouldn't have publicized it or put it out there if they didn't believe in the project. So I'm, I'm I still am rooting for them on this, but I think that kind of going back to the drawing board a bit refactoring. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily, it's, I don't think it's a problem with presentation. I think it's, no, we're just not, I don't, I'm not sure that I see, I don't see the big value in it. I think, it, I think the, pro, I think the problem lies in the level band. If, if you're going to give me mm. an entire tier's worth of content for 130 bucks, cool Hmm. i'm in taking me from level five to level 10 i'm in and it sounds to me like this adventure could do something very much like that Mm -hmm. um and i'm not i'm not questioning whether this is well written i'm not questioning if whether or not this is a cool adventure i believe that it's probably freaking fantastic yeah agreed it's just you know it like and people will say well if you get your group to chip in it's not that much yeah, and how often does that actually does that actually happen? <laughs> um, so you're asking for that DM to throw out that cash for this thing, which needs more work to get more value out of it to get to to squeeze a couple more levels out. Mm-hmm. Now, and to, to be fair too, with this, it is a it is an adventure book. I wonder how much of this is is also setting. Uh, but the only thing I don't see anything that's setting specific outside of at, maybe atmosphere and environment and locales, but uh, I didn't really see like any you know subclasses, races, or anything like that that kind of adds to the to the value on it. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not really sure about that. They got well. Some things in here too are pretty interesting, like the new mechanic flow and stagnation, two different modes for monsters and magic items. I want to know more about that. I do too. 
Give me more. Hardcore mode, make it difficult, a, a difficult adventure, truly unforgiving and deadly. Well, that's neat. But I mean, like, I'm interested to see maybe even, like, how does hardcore work, mode work beyond adding hit points and, you know, more damage that the, the bad guys do, that kind of stuff. And, unless, I, unless I'm missing what they mean by, for characters five to seven, mm-hmm. you know, it... But there, there in line, you know, are you saying that you want the characters to start at five and they will top out from this adventure at seven? Is that what you're saying? Or are you saying this starter? adventure is intended for characters to start somewhere mm-hmm. between five and seven and it will take you who, who knows where? If mm-hmm. that's the case, then this needs to be reworded to, to explain mm-hmm. that because then now we're talking something completely different. If you're telling me I can start at level five and I'll and I'll come out of this at level 10, 12, 13, now we're talking. Now $130 yeah. has a whole different meaning as far as value. Yeah, I think just go I think they're gonna just have, end up having to go back and look under the hood of this thing again. Just to make sure. Like I I'll I'll make sure I double echo your sentiment. I'm sure this is great. It looks good. You know? Yeah. There's some and, and it's presented well, but there's still there's some unanswered questions I think that would be really great selling points. Is it supposed to be replayable? Because there's almost a, it almost seems like there's a, an element of that in there that give you enough in here to like we played it through the first time fighting this bad guy. Now we're gonna play it through with this bad guy. Some things get rejiggered, and we're gonna go in deadly mode to see if you can actually make it. That's mm-hmm. kind of cool. That's a cool selling point for an adventure. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm rooting for him. I got my I got my thumbs up, and I, I'm hoping for the best. I'm not. Unless they really see a huge uptick in the next couple of days, it's going to be it's going to be an, up, an uphill battle. So yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, all right, uh, next up, we I think we we thoroughly flogged that poor horse. Uh, Troy, tell us about Traveler's Guide to the City of Intrigue. The Traveler's Guide to the City of Intrigue is by our friends at uh, Chemimil has a project. I have talked about Chemimil has a project a few times. Um, and this one is uh, all about nobles and parties and assassinations. Um, there's new classes for uh, a new class for wizards, um, uh, a chimera mancer or something like that, where you're taking cool. things and sticking them together uh, to form really weird things. Uh, uh, there's a shapeshifter class where you can uh, shapeshift, obviously, into other things, and it's not a druid. You've got different subclasses, uh, like a scavenger rogue or a juggernaut fighter. I like the sound of that. Mm. Might be a new replacement <laughs> for my champion. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, yeah, good luck with that. You're going to be hard-pressed to knock my champion off its pedestal. Um, <laughs> a new race, at least one new race, uh, the Rattlings. And you've got 12 subclasses with. And this is the part that I'm really, I'm really going to focus on for this and what I really want to check out. So I'm going to back this definitely, but the 12 subclasses have, they all have a special hit die activated ability. Oh, interesting. Yes. So it, uh, subclass or, or maybe it was a background. I might've wrote that down wrong in my uh, notes, but it was, they, I, I think it was backgrounds. They all have an ability that, is is activated and and built off of your hit dice and 
I find that fascinating, especially mm-hmm. with the one D and D play test that came out where your backgrounds are all giving you a feat, right? Mm-hmm. Now here's something else that you can add to backgrounds where you're getting this thing or subclasses. Uh, I just, I like chamomile stuff. I think it's an inner, I think he has interesting uh, views on things. I like how this is uh, focusing on uh, the nobility and that side of, of the city life and how it can be very dark and twisted uh, behind that veneer of being well-to-do. Yeah. Um, I think this could help out a lot of people's games in, in certain situations. Um, when you're playing in Waterdeep or Neverwinter or whatever, your Sharn, wherever your big cities lie in your campaign settings, there's this kind of stuff happening behind the scenes that a lot of people don't touch on. Or mm-hmm. you'll get one adventure in an Adventurers League campaign that has to do with, oh, you have to infiltrate a party to do something. And then that's the only time you ever do it. This gives you that ability to do more of that. Um, so I'm very, I'm very interested in this. Um, $5 for a digital copy for a PDF. Um, you can, uh, you can get, uh, if you, if you do 10, you get a digital copy of the traveler's guide and you get a digital copy of Irina's guide to intrigue and illusion, which helps you set up those parties and things like that in your campaigns, or you can go ahead and uh, do the 25 and get actual print, um, print copies of those books. Uh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, I'll like, I'll let me echo the hit die, an underutilized resource in five. Incredibly underutilized. I had seeing a wizard expend their own life force to, either beef up a spell or to regain spell slots or, you know, whatever. Like it is because it is a resource. You can, you should be able to use it in more than just one way. And that's replenishing a hit point pool during a short rest. Yeah. I I don't want to, I don't want to stick too much on the one DD play test, but you know, we've been seeing here lately and it's reinforced in that play test document Mm -hmm. that they're going more towards instead of like short rest, long rest, it's like, how many times can I use this ability equal to your proficiency modifier? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's really cool. That's not a resource, right? That's just a limit. Hit dice are a resource. And like you said, you have to weigh that. It's like, man, I might need my hit die at, at my next short rest to yep. help my, you know, depending on your party makeup and stuff like that. So it gives more, more choices. I'm all about choices for players. You know, make those choices uh, and make them have a cost. Otherwise, it's mm-hmm. just yeah, we can do it. No big deal. Right. A way or a way and measure. Yep. Right. Like that. Way and way and measuring the the option. Do I do more damage? Do I cast another spell? Or do I run the risk of not being able to heal up at all at my next short rest? Yep. yep. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. Right on. Good find, Troy. Good good find. All right. So next up, we got... This is an interesting one. I've got another... I feel like... I feel terrible. I feel like I've got a bunch of... Like, I'm conflicted about these. I understand... This is Intoxomancy. uh, A boozy wizard subclass for 5e. 
the guide to becoming a quote unquote drunken master of the mystic arts, plus new spells, items, creatures, etc. Part of Zine Quest 4. First of all, go zines and go zine quest. That's the first things first. So we got a couple of uh we got a, a zine here that I I'm rooting for, but at the same time, I'm trying to figure out like what the audience is going to end up being for this one. There are rules for a wizard subclass, fun, powerful, playable subclass for 5th edition, uh, a guide for creating each Intoxomancer's unique flagon, a magic drinking vessel which levels up and gains powers as the Intoxomancer does, variant rules for wizards who prefer pipeweed over ale, new spells and cantrips like Cheers and Blackout Drunk, new magic items like Beard of Holding, Troy, I think, don't... Don't you have one of those? I I I found stuff in there before. <laughs> I, I I didn't put it there right. intentionally, but it was there. Mm-hmm. And then I don't the Crapulancer's great staff. I don't even know how how, to, how I feel about that one. New creatures like the Hobgoblet and the fire breeding pseudo flagon. All right, so obviously this is a tongue in cheek wink of the eye. Uh, subclass or kind of like a, an extension of 5e right i think the big thing that well, the reason why i wanted to bring this one up was just again about uh, how we tailor our event our uh, uh, creative efforts towards particular audiences right i think I, I was a big fan of uh heroes of barcadia which is a drinking game based board game so and it's not like i'm like a teetotaler that does that has um that, that doesn't appreciate what this is supposed to be. I think it's going to, you, I think I wanted, I wanted to bring up is that this is a, the table needs to be into this, not the person or the player. It's not just a conversation between the player and the DM and the DM being willing to manage the shenanigans of a table or of a player that, that introduces this to a table. You know, if you've got six people that are playing and then one person running it and one person plays the intoxomancer that may not be the kind of game that they're wanting. You know, if you've got a beer and pretzel style, everybody's just, you know, having a good time and cutting up and stuff like that. Those games are great. And I love those games too. But I think the, the main thing that I wanted to bring up with this one is uh, just the conversation. I think that has to be had uh, as a group, not just as an individual to their DM on whether or not this, uh, this makes sense at your table. And with a DM in particular, if the DM is trying to create this you know, very serious or gothic or horrifying or adventurous, you know, story. And then you've got one person that wants to play Fizzman the entire time, you know, it's yeah. just like, I'm going to be the boob, the boob of the room. And that's again, like there, it has its place. That's not knocking that at all. It's just it, a matter of making does. sure that there's buy-in for it. What do you think, Troy? Uh, you know, I have, I have conflicting viewpoints on this. Um, and I'm not a prude. Again, I'm not, a, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a bartender by trade, have been mm-hmm. for many, many years. I've, I've seen some stuff. I've seen some things. I've man. seen some things. I've been part of some things. It's been, <laughs> it's been a, it's been a thing. But yes, you definitely have to get. You have, you have to know your table before you allow something like this. Mm-hmm. Um. Just because it, it can be a slippery slope, and a lot of the people that are going to play this are going to be the types that's like, well, I'm just have, trying to have fun. Yeah, but your fun stops as soon as it makes somebody else uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I, but then on the other side, I look at this and I think that Intoximancer is unique flagon. That's kind of a cool idea. That is cool. Um, right. The beer, the beard of holding, I, I feel uh, targeted. Um, <laughs> the crappy Lancer is great staff. I have no idea what 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 that's all about. It sounds that like sounds like a horror show to me, man. Yeah, exactly. What <laughs> what spell do you cast out of that, and who cleans exactly. up afterwards? That's what I want to know. The spell is called Brown Noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but then you've got the hobgoblet. That's funny, and the yeah. fire breeding pseudo flagon. I those kind of things. It's like so. On the one hand, would I allow the intoximancer at my table? No, probably not. But that's not to say that I'm not going to go ahead and back this because I want to see yes what some of these things do and what some of these things are. And how can I make it more to my liking? Yeah. And let me let me say this too, if I may. Let me let me say this. It's ten bucks. Ten yeah. bucks for the zine. Yeah. If nothing else, I mean, there's like good for them. This was a this was a really cool swing. You know, good for them. And it's again, it's ten bucks. You get the zine and you get the PDF. If you want to get the zine, the PDF, and there is a miniature of their. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you something else. I think Troy should also feel targeted because they're they're the guy on their main on the front cover. Yeah, is pretty, is pretty much I, I is feel, pretty much Troy. <laughs> I feel a little upset about this. I'm wondering. That's a trademark though, thing, right? It you, is. You should, uh, yeah. Why does he only have three fingers though? Uh, probably in a drinking accident. I would assume could have been. I don't know, Just but yeah, I, I feel I feel very targeted. I feel I feel as if my uh, my personal IP has been stolen. You're, you know what? You're absolutely right. I just noticed that he had three fingers. Yeah. Good eye, man. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I think for ten bucks, or if nothing else, for the PDF, it's five bucks, man. Yeah, for the PDF, I want to see this. Bucks. I want to know what the, the whatever the crapulancer thing is. Like, I'm willing <laughs> to pay five know. bucks to find out what the hell that thing is. <laughs> I don't know if I want to find out. <laughs> I mean, that. Yeah, uh, I am very, I'm very much aware of you know. Uh, my industry and, and what has, what happens in my industry and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. I, I take these things. I look at these things on a, on a way different level than a lot of people do. Sure. Um, I get that. And it's just like, it's one of those things where you got to be careful. Um, a lot of cool ideas, a lot of cool ideas. And to me, you know, you, you tone down the drinking part and don't glorify that so much. Mm-hmm. This could be a really cool uh, alchemist or potioner or, or something. Right, right, right. And and to me, I mean, that's what makes me want to, you know, the the, the flagon, the hobgoblet, um, that stuff. It's like this is the guy that wrote this, um, uh, Steve Connolly. Kudos to you, man. I tell you what, these there are some really really cool concepts. And ideas in this, and I'm not I'm not bashing you at all, you know, for the whole you know the 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 drinking the drinking part of things. Yeah. It's just for me personally, I feel like I need to watch out. I need to I need to be careful introducing that kind of stuff into a campaign. I get it. I think, and again, that's when I think the most important thing for me, aside from I'm backing it, right? Oh, I'm too. But I think, that, yeah, and I'm going to get the physical copy. I'm I'm kind of I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm going to give you know it what? the old read through. But I think that again, it's uh it's important. I think it's just, it brings up an important top topic, 
that we get to we get to put a little bit of inside inside of the the pitch that we're doing here. We're gonna do a little some insights kind of stuff to it too. So uh, I'm, I'm uh, backing, I think it's I'm backing it right now. Backing right, back push right the button. Now. I'm pushing back the button. Project. Right, I'm awesome. The button. Good deal. All right, Troy, you got your last one coming up here. I All think right. This one, this one looks really cool. Hit me what you got. Now, now the yours that you've got coming up at the end is is one that I was really bummed that I didn't pick to talk about because mm-hmm. you sneaked it out from underneath me. Yeah, I did. Look, yes, man. You, yes, you did. Uh, um, I, no apologies. But no then regrets. I, but then I saw this, uh-huh. and I'm like, ooh, this is up my alley. This, to me, is, is by Outland Games. It's Bullets and Bleed-Throughs, okay? It's a 5e setting, and the way that I, after going through everything and reading everything about this, um, I can pitch it as Deadlands meets Mad Max meets Dark Sun. Mm. Yep. And man, I talk about sweet. You've got like fantasy cowboys, bird riders, um, two different worlds where like one was like our world and something bad happened. And there was a rift that, that they could open up to get into the new world, which the old world is called before and the new world is called now. And so every once in a while you'll get bleed through, which is stuff from before coming into now. Mm-hmm. So it's whether that's objects or creatures or people or whatever it might be, there's, there's magical taints and stuff like that going on. It's just, it's bizarre. It's hardcore. Um, it's based on Jason Fletcher's or sorry, Jason Fisher's, Papa Lucy in the Bone Man, which is uh, the the first book in the books before of before and now that uh, that you can check out. Um, the artwork is black and white, kind of has an, an old school uh, Palladium vibe to the art um, from like uh, Palladium fantasy Palladium and stuff like yeah, that. I was thinking the same thing, man. Um, yeah. So I, I like that. I've always I've always liked that art. Um, you've got before folk, crooked folk, town folk, Tarsi, um, as far as like races go, um, the different classes, you've got bird riders, uh, ferals, flensers, uh, a Jesus man. Uh, and I'm probably going to butcher this name, Lechesterite. Is that, uh, am I, am I? Uh, yeah, I think the, uh, Lechesterite. That sounds about right. Lechesterite, magicians, yeah. and water crew. Um, it, this this is Gonzo, man. This is this is out there. You can play it full tilt and go that whole Mad Max Deadlands kind of thing. You could probably pull it back a little bit and use the stuff in here for a more like Wild Westy type thing for Five E. I I mean I don't know. It just it's just bonkers and out there and i'm i'm here for it man i am i'm digging all this stuff and i definitely want to check out the whole uh papa lucy and the bone man thing i i like it this is this is outland games first kickstarter um 
they're not they're not making a huge swing with it. They, mm-hmm. they only had a three hundred dollar goal, but they've already went past that. They're at eight hundred and almost nine hundred dollars with fifteen mm-hmm. days left. Um, I want people to back this thing because some of these stretch goals, I want I want you know yeah. So you've got and just stuff, for yeah. from like a tier based uh, perspective here. You can get the hardcover, it looks like. It is the at-cost hardcover for 28 bucks. So you're really going to end up paying about 50 I think, after yeah. all the printing is done uh, with that. So, And then they've got, uh, obviously, you can buy, get you can go PDF for 17 and you get the Papa Lucy and the Bowman novel, all the stretch goals and all that good stuff, too. So, yeah, this is, this is pretty sweet. I, I'm with you, Troy. I, I've always liked the weird dystopian post-apocalyptic and this is like just everything in the kitchen sink gets oh, thrown yeah. into this one pretty cool totally yeah. gonzo you, you you play it as is if you want like i said or you could tone it down a little bit however you want i mean i feel like i'm getting i'm getting feelings from like uh uh what, what was the stephen king series of it, books uh, the uh the uh the, the dark stand? tower Oh, the Dark Tower, yeah, the yeah, Dark yeah, Tower you. with with you know the Man in Black and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could do something like that with this thing. It just, I don't know, man. I I I really am jazzed about this kind of thing. It's, I like it. What can I say? Sweet, I love it. All right, last but certainly not least. Certainly oh not. boy, I've been waiting. Here we go, Drakkar Demonair or Dragon Bane by Free League. Uh, yeah, this was, I talked about this during the last show about the, but I was definitely had to bring this up in a crowdfunding corner. They don't need my help Mm-mm. at all. I know they don't need our help. So this is definitely, I'm putting this out there because uh, I already backed this thing and, yep. uh, I got no shame in it whatsoever. So, th- so a quick background on it. Cause I don't want to spend too, too much time on it. Uh, there's a Scandinavian art RPG tabletop. Uh, tabletop RPG. It's forty years old, and yeah. this, it, but it is huge, huge in Scandinavia, and, and it was, and so they they actually uh, rebrand, not rebrand, well, rebranded, or they translated it into uh, for for five E, I think, or is are they doing five E? No, they're not. They're doing. Mm-hmm. They've got their own. It's their own. Their own system that's with this one. I can't it's, recall. It's are 5E-ish. they using ish? Five E ish, right? Are they? I can't remember. Are they using? Um, because I didn't read that part, unfortunately. Are they using the Year Zero engine with this? I I cannot remember rolling a dragon. No, they, this is something. It's their own thing. It's their own thing. Um, God, man. So it's Scandinavia's first and biggest RPG tabletop, launched in 1982. Uh, it is uh, from the same folks that made Tales from the Loop, some Barum, Forbidden Lands, and now Borkborg has been amalgamated into the Free League. Uh, uh, galaxy of stars man this thing looks so good like, i'm telling you just the if nothing else what sold me is this freaking art yes like free league has got the some of the best layout and design and art out there you want to talk about evocative this game this is obviously i think what's also really cool about this is this is their like high not it's high fantasy dnd esque swing uh this is going to be this is fun and it's not meant to be, um, you know, this is not like a, a gothic, dark, grim, dark setting like some barum or anything like that. This is, um, 
this is just supposed to be a good time. Oh yeah, mirth and mayhem gaming is what they refer exactly. to it as. And when you classic got RPG, good. This Darkwing Duck image. Oh my god, the mallard. I love the, the mallard. The, yeah, man, that's awesome. This anthropomorphic duck creature that looks like that, like a uh, Daffy Duck as a medieval superhero, like our medieval Batman type character art. I love it. Uh, it's designed from a. Uh, uh, from the ground, redesigned from the ground up for fast and furious play. Little prep time adventures are a breeze to run. They give you the toolbox that you need, and they're referring to it as mirth and mayhem role playing. Great for long campaigns, but also perfect for one shots that you do in just a single night. The core set, the core set includes uh, includes at least one complete adventure, and they're hoping to open up tons and tons more with uh, with the stretch goals. Man. They've got the quick start guide is out already. I need. I really need to look through that. Like mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest with you, I. All I had to do is scroll down and see the artwork of like full transparency. Uh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, a, I'm a terrible, uh, a terrible host today, but I didn't have to look at much to be sold on this thing. Um, not at all. And it's not just because it's a free league jam, even though that definitely, that's definitely a pitch. I know that they're going to put, produce something that's going to be quality and going to be awesome. So this thing, not only does it have a physical hardcover edition, there's digital and there's also a, a, a incorporates a um a uh core box set mm-hmm. that comes with this thing too which has got all of the trappings map the the booklets that you're gonna need to play the game the adventure uh some standees dice uh treasure cards initiative cards all that good stuff's gonna be in there and it's gonna run you 37 dollars for the box Ouch. that's come on <laughs> Right, that's that is like in that's all I need, um, man. I, I look, man. You should, I'm, that's all I'm going to do about it. You need to go out and see it for yourself. There's, mm-hmm. I don't need to pitch this thing. Go to the Kickstarter and go check it out yourself. And if it doesn't sell you just scrolling down, then I don't, I, I, I don't even know who you are anymore. Yeah, we, we, we drifted got apart. We got for you, and it's definitely you, not me. Yeah, and right there, stop right there where you're scrolling. Mm-hmm. Third party content a very open license for third party content mm. for modules for for dragon bay yep. if you follow a few simple rules you'll be able to create and sell any module you like now now you're speaking to me yep and you know that's something that i didn't even find until after i backed it so <laughs> right yeah 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 exactly i mean good for them this is the smart play. Mm-hmm. This oh, is what's made. Time. I believe it's part of what's made Mothership so stinking popular. Mm-hmm. It's what's p- part of what's made uh, Morkborg so popular. Because people, you've got the core book that everybody's going to want, uh, if, not, if nothing else, than as a completionist. But um, it invites people into, into the playground and into the sandbox to make their own awesome stuff. Yeah. I love it, man. I'm like, lo- lo- look, again. That's all I'm going to say about it. I'm not going to sit sit here and spend 20 minutes trying to convince you to, to get this book. Uh, first of all, it's free league. Mm-hmm. Second, it is uh, it's going to be like your uh, madness and mayhem fun venture, not just a um, like a like character burn or a character meat grinder or anything like that. Yep. And um, man, yeah, go check it out. It looks fantastic. The so end. so just just out of curiosity. Uh-huh. At what level did you back? Uh, I got the. Oh my god! Let me go and look. I think I got the deluxe bundle. 
the deluxe. That's where I ended up getting it. Yeah, it, it comes with the box set, the core set PDF, the DM screen, the high quality, uh, the cloth map, and honorable mention. I did not get the retailer bundle. Essentially, it's the highest thing you can do that is not the retailer bundle, and it was still only seventy five bucks. Right, right. I did the one. I just got the box set, but the more I, I think about, it, it's like you know, I probably will bump. Mm-hmm. I probably will bump to the deluxe just because. I'm telling you, man. I kind of feel like I want that uh, that cloth map. Yeah, it looks good. And I mean, they've they have. All of their listed stretch goals are already opened or, or unlocked, except yes. for the last one. Yep. Let's see. They've got right now seventeen days to go. They're at half a million dollars of their so funny nine thousand two hundred seventy-four dollar stretch goal, or not stretch goal, but their goal. Um, and I think, let's see here. What's the last thing they've got in their adventure? Island of Mist, an epic yep. adventure based on. Uh, the game developed by Andreas Markland and uh, Matthias uh, Liljia. So an extra adventure. I don't know if it's a PDF only or if it's going to be printed in it. I'd be interested to see, but they've got the treasure cards. They got the te- another, uh, several other adventures are already being incorporated into it too. So and I love yeah. that. I, that. Lots that's and lots thing. of extras. Yeah. When you've got a new system like this, definitely give me adventures so that I know. Yes. I know what you're thinking when you designed it. Yep. Whether it's 5e exactly. or not, if you if you did something, give me an adventure in your settings so that way I know what's going on. Don't just give me lore and, and make me come up with it. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. I also wanted to say, you know, because we talk about what attracts us to different Kickstarters and stuff, right? Quite often. And aside from this being Free League, and we know that Free League puts out amazing stuff, Mm-hmm. And they, they haven't yet had a misstep as far as I can tell. One of the things I love about how Free League does things is right here on their pledge goal. Mm-hmm. You know, basically basically $10,000 is their, is their goal. And look at where they're setting. Half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of Kickstarter people can learn from that. Don't, don't shoot so high. Don't, you know, don't sit there and think, Oh, this is, you know, we're going to put out awesome stuff. I'm going to, we're going to, uh, hopefully hit a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, you might, but don't put that as your goal. You know, make it realistic. Let it, let it get funded. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause we know, and I'm sure Free League knows that they, you know, they have the Midas touch right now. They could have put their funding goal at a hundred thousand dollars, knowing they would have probably funded in the first day. Well, and to be fair too, this is almost like a pre-order. They it's coming yeah, out. Yeah. I mean, they were yeah. they were already publicizing at Gen Con, so it's not like it's not going to happen. They weren't trying to fund fund it fund it necessarily. But I'm I'm totally with you. Like you, especially if you're starting out, if you've if you've never done, mm-hmm. or if you've done few, right? Maybe you start small with, or you take that big that giant project that you wanted to you wanted to put out there as a 500 page hardcover or something like that. You break it out into a couple of zines to get people interested, yep. lock them in, get uh, uh, you know create your own inter- like a pedigree and a reputation for putting out some pretty cool stuff, and then you start. Then you promote the the big thing, and even then you try not. 
like at least for the smaller independent writers and, and uh, game producers and designers, you don't want to take off so much or bite off so much that you can't you can't eat the rest of the element uh, the elephant. Right, right. Yeah, this awesome. is awesome, man. I love it. Get it. God, I'm looking at this. We're looking. I'm just kind of scrolling through the quick guide now. This oh, yeah. thing looks so freaking good. You just shut up and take my money, Doug. If you're out there, take my money, man. Damn it, Doug. Damn it, Doug. I gotta say that every time I go to the free league booth, whenever yep. I'm at a con. Damn it, Doug. Spending yep. more of my money. All right. Well, that was awesome. That was that's a lot. And it, it's lot. what's hilarious to me is there's only two of us, and we still went like over an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, those rapid fires weren't as rapid as what? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was, though. All right, cool. Well, Troy, do you have anything else before we kind of wrap it up here? Uh, no, just want to do a do like a quick rundown. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, Dwarf 7's Dwarf uh, Legacy Forest, Spring, right? Yep, Spring. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dungeon Delver's Guide um, for uh, Advanced 5e and 5e. Uh, World of Anterra. Treasures from the K, When the Witch is Away, uh, a selection of slimes and oozes uh, for RPGs. We've got the Black God's Kiss, the Lying Pirates board game, Tome of Quests, Volume 1, Rudelmork uh, box set, uh, The Traveler's Guide to the City of Intrigue, Intoxomancy, a boozy wizard subclass, uh, Bullets and Bleed Throughs, setting for 5e and last but not least dragon's bane dragon awesome all right well i think that's going to wrap it up for us uh folks you know where to find us if you have not yet if you there's a very good chance there were like 600 live projects this week mm-hmm. there's a very good chance that we missed some really great crowdfunding stuff uh uh, projects and efforts that are out there so if we missed anything then you know where to find us find us in social media on twitter uh here on twitch youtube uh you want to toss us something out on facebook or join us in discord and that's uh we got some pretty lively chats that are going uh that are they're going on in there so hit us up there as well let us know what we missed uh if you're running something right now that you're super excited about and you want to try to pitch it to us then by all means jump in discord and, and let us and the rest of the the listeners and viewers know exactly yep and so with that i bid you all a fond farewell uh, and enjoying the rest of your afternoons evenings and good nights wherever you are troy take us out play great games everybody have a good day yep and stay safe put your money where our mouth is or something let's restart john troy and myself get an itch to do some writing every once in a while and when that happens we publish it through world of game design head on over to store.wogd.com to find books like oceanic depths scrap rats and motherload that feature design by your delightful and charismatic hosts again that's store.wogd.com Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and you can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, While you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook, give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed, uh, give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. 
And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube. And you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time.